Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. On this podcast, we will hear from women who are navigating the challenging and transformative journey of perimenopause and menopause. These women have graciously agreed to share their stories and insights, offering a raw and honest glimpse into what it's like to go through this major life transition. From hot flushes to rediscovering themselves, our guests will provide a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for anyone who's going through or will go through menopause. So grab a cup of tea, settle in and join us for a fascinating and enlightening discussion. Welcome to the Menopause Unplugged podcast with me, your host, Nikki Oliveira. Today in the studio, I have with me menopause fitness trainer, Kate. How are you doing, Kate? Okay? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad this morning, thank you. Good. So, Kate, I'm um, obviously menopause is, is the sort of the space that you're working in, but let's cover your own actual menopausal journey. How did it all begin? How did you first notice it? Yeah, so um, for me, it it did. And I think uh, it crept up uh, or crept up rather hit me like a train, um, which I think uh, probably resonates with um, a lot of women. Um, You know, there's not enough education around the menopause. So many of us are very unprepared for this sort of stage of life. Um, And I think also, you know, I was 42. So sort of any of the symptoms that I was um, experiencing, many of my friends, you know, I'd sort of maybe mumbled, you know, oh, could it be menopause? And they were like, no, 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 you're too young, you're too young. So, you know, in terms of sort of the education and the misconceptions around menopause, I think many of us are left um, wondering what is actually going on. And and that was very much the camp that I was in. Um, You know, I was a fitness trainer, I was a mother of three, my youngest, um, Rupert at the time was two so I very much blamed it on um I mean he's a terrible sleeper so I blamed a lot of my exhaustion um just joint aches and pains and just various you know not feeling myself on the fact that I was a mum looking after a young child and caring for two other children um as well as working um but just a lot of things didn't really add up for me I'm quite you know I'm quite intuitive I quite I know my body well um, and the sort of the night sweats, the the pains that I was experiencing across my whole back and my neck were, you know, they were, um, they were debilitating. I wasn't necessarily able to carry out my normal daily routine and my daily functions. So I, you know, that's not a symptom of having, that's not a symptom of a busy life or having a young child. So I went to the doctor and sadly my menopause did actually uh, coincide with lockdown. So obviously seeing a doctor was pretty impossible. Um, And, uh, you know, essentially they sort of came up with the conclusion again that they do with many women that I was depressed, Um, you know, experiencing uh, my dad was ill. So I was coping with that. Um, And I knew that it was something different. And I think that's my biggest take out of this. And the one thing that I really want women to to understand is that you know your body and yes I know that there are medical professionals out there who who you know have have learned um you know to diagnose and do things but at the end of the day if you're not comfortable with a diagnosis that you have been given let's say like I was with depression not that I was embarrassed at all I would be fine with a diagnosis of depression but I just knew that it wasn't um so I Mm -hmm. was fortunate enough I did go privately and um, I was then diagnosed with um, with menopause. But I think 
um, also, and I know we'll come on to that. I don't want people to think, you know, I got my HRT and that was very much it. And I stuck it on and it worked because it didn't. Um, and that's why I do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. So it yeah. was a, yeah. Sorry. Would, would you say it's a mixture of physical symptoms as well as you know? Yeah, um, I mean, mine were, then mine were terrible. My night sweats were my night sweats were terrible. My joint aches and pain were gripping. I was very anxious. I had breathlessness. I felt very low. So that you know, there was a whole myriad of things. But again, a lot of those things could have been we were in lockdown. I was juggling a family, so I I don't you know kind of think it. Uh, at this point, the doctor was like wrong, but I think that the fact that she didn't mention that it could be menopause, you know, that was just not even something that came up. Uh, they did full blood tests. I had an ECG. I had a chest X-ray, you know, so I had all of these things done. And again, really important to say, I think also that that's quite good because what we don't want to do is ultimately blame menopause for everything and miss anything. And so I understand why the GP yeah. did that. You know, that they they ruled out anything more sinister. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And obviously it wasn't that, um, but they still didn't then go down that route of then diagnosing um, perimenopause, which I had to do privately. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll stay on this theme, right, um, yeah. of the, obviously the help that you that you sought out then. Um, and then we'll come back to, to the other sort of questions. But so... Um, you were obviously you had obviously discussed um hormone replacement therapy how did that go for you um what was your sort of initial dosage preparation yeah. that sort of yeah no I, I mean I won't talk about the dosage because I, I hate the I hate doing that because I think women can get really caught up in that's what you were on this was this is what you were on but I think the underlying thing of that is that my HRT arrived and I looked at it for three months so um right. despite having had had a had a diagnosis i was then still scared to take it which again i know i'm not uh, i'm not alone in in having those thoughts um and i you know and i was particularly educated in in it as in um hrt and the benefits way um outweighing the risks yet I, there was mm. still something in me that kept on saying are you sure you're menopausal are you sure this is what it is and again you know having spoken to people that is very much um you know self doubt is another sort of symptom of menopause so i looked at it for 3 months and then i bit the bullet um and i mean i'm, I'm very happy to say i started on i started on the gel um and being a being a fitness trainer and always sort of being um sweaty i'm not that sounds terrible doesn't it but always um working <laughs> out or a shower or whatever I just think that I, it wasn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily suit my lifestyle. Um, I was also yeah. on the uterogestan tablet. So it was my progesterone part of the HRT, which if you don't have a uterus is really, really important to take. Um, and so I then switched over to the patches, um, but nothing, do you know what? It changed a little bit. Uh, what happened? My night sweats probably got a bit better, um, but I still knew I had a long way to go. Um, and it was at that point I realized it was absolutely fundamental and non-negotiable to start looking at how I was eating, what I was doing, how I was moving, what, what how I was working out, um, because HRT alone is absolutely not the silver bullet. Um, for some women, absolutely, yes, it might be the 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 push to get them to moving if they are experiencing really crippling symptoms. But... I think if you start taking HRT for that reason, for crippling symptoms, start your exercise routine and your diet at the same time. 
um, because A, it will happen yeah. quicker for you. Um, and B, you know, if you do get some relief from the HRT, from those symptoms, you may then be tempted to not put into practice exercise and diet only to then find out a month or yeah. two later that although you're feeling a little bit better, those symptoms begin to creep up again. So for me, it is absolutely something yeah. that has to be done as a as a trio. Um, and so I did. I stopped drinking. I started looking at how to eat. I realized that I'm um, having done my own research that actually hit whilst a really effective way of working out is not, um, you know, it's a blanket prescription for for women. Um, not taking into account anyone yeah. that's going through, you know, a hormone deficiency. So I really started to up the weights. Now, look, don't get me wrong. My body shape has probably yeah. changed a lot as well. Um, HIT definitely, for me, was a way of maintaining weight. Um, but I think you then got to weigh it all up, right? Do you want to maintain weight, which, you know, I know many people, or do you want to build a strong body, for life and future proof your body and for me that far outweighs any aesthetic benefit that I am mobile that I'm strong um that I now have no joint aches and pains um and I'm stronger mentally and physically than that previous version of myself so you know I get that some women would be maybe take the pains over everything else for the aesthetic benefits but that's not for me um I want to be around you know for as long as I possibly can to look after my kids um run around after my kids and my grandchildren um that's not to say that what I'm doing is going to necessarily prevent any disease that I might be predisposed to but if something comes up my way or I had a fall and I had a fracture my body is in the best possible yeah. place to fight back. Absolutely, yeah. So, so Kate, I know um, we've just touched on how you adapted your exercise, but obviously as a fitness trainer, I mean, we practice what we preach in terms of diet and so on as well. So how did your diet change um, yeah. when you um, obviously started making all your lifestyle changes? Well, I think kind of it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? I think it's so funny because I know Tim Spector did that brilliant um, uh, podcast with uh, Stephen and obviously the catch line and the the hook for everybody was, um, you know, exercise and you don't need to exercise or whatever, diet, blah, blah, blah. You know, the reality is that was a catch line um, and a good one because it was a great podcast which we all then watched. Um, I think what is important is that they they go hand in hand. It's it's a lovely little circle for me. Um, And it doesn't really matter which one comes first, but they both are very much entwined. So in terms of changing my diet, um, in cutting out alcohol, I um, didn't really, my my sugar cravings decreased. So um, I didn't, and I didn't find I was making bad food choices. So um, I, I really believe it is all about balance. Um, I love crisps. I love chocolate. I love sweet foods, but I don't deny myself all of those. But definitely when I was drinking and I wasn't thinking about what I was doing, I was probably indulging more in those types of foods. Um, and actually what I know, if I'm lifting weights and I'm lifting heavy, 
I need to nourish my body with protein so that I can rebuild that muscle that I'm trying to do, that my muscle can repair. I also know that I need carbs to fuel that workout, you know, whereas a lot of women think that carb cutting is a really good way. It's not, um, you know, it's like taking your car out with empty gas. It's going to stop and you're not going to be able to go as far as you'd like to have gone. And so that for me is a really important analogy in making sure what we eat, if you want to push and you want to go further and you want to reach those um, strength goals, you need to fuel the tank and um, protein, as we know, for women going through menopause is really, really important from the age of sort of 40 to 50. We are going to be experiencing sarcopenia, you know, where our muscle um, mass begins to um, decline. And so protein is going to help yeah. us um, build that alongside lifting weights. So really, you know, and they're not big tweaks. Like it sounds like I'm talking, do this and do that. And there's a lot to do. It's really, really very simple. And that is the key is to not overthink any of this I'm not asking anyone to restrict stuff yeah. or take stuff away I'm adding you I'm asking you to add and actually in adding all that good stuff you'll find that just some of those little bad habits fall to the side you know if you eat a lovely full filling breakfast you won't have that mid-morning mm. crash where you think oh I'm just going to pick on something and then you know you have your lunch and then oh after lunch oh I need a sugary treat and then you get that mid-afternoon lull. You know, I'm I'm simply saying if you make these little lifestyle changes, you will be able to add goodness to and add sorry goodness to your diet. You won't find yourself restricting. Absolutely. And I am a big advocate for that. You know, get your protein in earlier in the day and it helps set you up for the rest of the day in terms of that kind of sugar roller coaster um yeah. that many of us will experience isn't it yeah and also you know for a good night's sleep you want to be full your body needs to you know if we're cutting cutting carbs you know you're going to wake up hungry um and so it's mm. really important that we think about the whole package of you know, protein every single meal um you know I, I know people worry that obviously if you have too much protein um you know your body doesn't store it and, it and it stores as fat the reality is we're not going to be eating enough protein for that to happen absolutely yeah absolutely I totally agree with you so Kate apart from um sort of diet and exercise did you start incorporating any sort of mindful practice mindfulness meditation those sorts of things to manage your stress I'm really bad at managing my stress and I'm really bad at doing all of that but what I do do and actually on the app which I have I have an amazing breathwork expert um called Anna who does classes for us and she is great and I will switch off and I will listen to her and and, and that does work but she also introduced me to cold water. Um, well, I say she introduced me to cold uh, water. My, um, a friend of mine introduced me to cold water swimming in the sea. Um, and then she uh, gave me the opportunity of taking that one step further uh, because she has cold water um, tanks. And for me, that became a real way of switching off and managing my anxiety and working on my breath work. So um, I definitely made changes there. I'm still really trying to learn to do that because I have a very chaotic, busy life. Um, that's not a kind of, oh, I wish I didn't. I like being busy. I, I have ADHD. So um, I, I mean, you know, I'm not, 
which is a superpower because it means that I can kind of keep on going. I'm sure I will crash at some point, um, but I love being busy. And um, so I am terrible at switching off. But that moment that I'm in the water, um, I find my breath. Um, and if I am anxious and going through periods of anxiety, um, I can sit on the sofa, I can switch off and I can just breathe Yeah, and hold it and out. And I know what I'm doing and I know how to calm that parasympathetic system and I know what it needs. So that's definitely something that I, I have learned um, over the last few years and not something that I ever knew how to do before. And what I would do before, if I'm yeah. honest with you, in terms of stress, unless it was kind of before, I'd have a drink. Um, that wouldn't necessarily obviously be at like midday, but you'd get, you know, you'd be there at midday mm. going, oh, so stressed. Oh, I can't do it. I just wish it was five o'clock or that witching hour, mum's wine time, um, which only exacerbated those situations. So now um, that doesn't really happen. And I've learned that when those um, feelings creep in is the lovely breathwork session, taking a step back. Yeah. Help. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so important, Kate. Absolutely. And I think you're right. You know, it's never, there's never, it's never too late to start. Um, no. You know, if, if you're doing something new, whether it's breath work, whether it's, you know, just, just taking a minute. Taking a minute, sorry, of um, quiet time off to, you know, on your own, just to, have no noise even around you you know um i think we're we're so um programmed to this constant noise and hustle and bustle around us just to sit with your own thoughts even and quietness is it can help so yeah. much definitely i totally agree so yeah so so what what um other challenges kate did you have you faced then since being perimenopausal that you've now overcome anything well, I specific think I, no well I, yeah i mean i guess i think that 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 menopause obviously coincides a lot of the time with uh, you know that sandwich generation so caring for elderly or sick parents so my dad obviously was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at the beginning of my perimenopause journey and i was one of his main carers um, so, you know, dealing with that stress was quite intense at the same time as trying to work and carrying on with the family. And I think that, that plays in, um, to a lot of midlife women's, um, you know, journey through menopause. Um, and it can really derail them because, you know, you might be in this place where you started this brilliant way of feeling good and then something just comes along and knocks you sideways. Um, but again, what I would say is if you're, if you've created this toolkit, um, you know, that is helping you manage your menopause symptoms and something like that does come along to de derail you, stick with it. Like the one thing I did, and I, as I said, I was caring with my dad. I was with him for the last three weeks of his life. I was still teaching. I was still running. I was still eating well, you know, because, because I didn't yeah. want the fact that I was trying to look after him, A, an excuse to, you know, eat rubbish because that's generally sometimes what we might turn to do but to actually be able yeah. to feel strong at a time when I needed to be even stronger um and so for me exercise and eating well is exactly that like I would I probably go overboard slightly into mm. a, a time of crisis um because I, I because it helps me manage my symptoms I know that if I eat chocolate and sweets my anxiety gets worse it's the sugar so um very much um you know when I was going through that um particular um phase 
uh, with my dad, I carried on, as I say, I carried on teaching. And I think even the day before he died, I taught a class, um, you know, and, and, and yeah. lifting those weights and having that time. You know, we talk about having that space for me, lifting weights is a, is a, is my space. Like I, I'm not thinking about anything. I'm thinking about my form. I'm thinking about lifting the weights. I'm thinking about going heavier in that next round. Um, I'm thinking about challenging myself. And even if I got, got 15 minutes of that, for me, I've switched off at 15 minutes. So I would say that that yeah. is one of the, the, the challenges. I think another challenge, and I know you're slightly at the different end of the the spectrum here but is obviously teenagers um and managing mm. um their uh, expectations and their lives you know i hear a lot of people go oh it's very it is very hard having young children it doesn't necessarily get any easier um you know every life stage has a challenge and i think we have to be really mindful of that for for parents not to be dismissive that because we're not we're not in the like intense stage of young children actually you know we're dealing with social media drugs alcohol vaping sex all of that with yeah. our with our older children um which actually for somebody like me who does carry a lot of stress and anxiety and worry um you know it it, it can be again another another derailment um and so you know i think it's i think it's important for us to recognize that um these life challenges do come along, I think, for women to know that they're not alone and um, that they are hard. You know, we, we live in a society where we see these, you know, these images on social media of everybody's perfect life. And it is so far from that. And I think that that has to, that's what I that's what I like to do, what I like to do. I like to keep it real. You know, the, the, I'm having a terrible yeah. week this week. My son is in Ibiza. Um, he is 17 and, you know, I'm terrified. I, I've kept, I've got my phone there. I don't know. I trust him. I trust him. It's not that. It could be somebody else's issue. Something goes wrong, you know, deliver. So that, that, that is one worry. And then Rupert, you know, bless him. He's got a few of his own little um, medical conditions. And so there's a call from the doctor. You know, so we're, we're just juggling all these little things. Um, and, you know, we yeah. show up on social media all smiles and yet sometimes behind we're just slightly cracking um and I will be very very yeah. honest about that and, and actually you know I'm taking August off that is my plan because at the moment I really need that space and I really need to step back and be a little bit more present for my family so um I think that you know then that's the one thing that again I think for midlife women we we keep trying to show up um and sometimes we don't um stop and just go okay do you know what? I'm just going to do nothing today it, it, it's it's yeah. I don't know we we seem to be that generation of women yeah and yeah your own individual needs start to become you know secondary to everything else and, and it's just yeah. a case of taking a little more time for yourself and saying you know is that really important do I have to get that done right now yeah um and reprioritizing what really matters and trying to stop the overthinking and trying yes. to have control of everything at all times because we just can't do it all no and it's hard isn't it, it it's I think it's, it's harder for some people than others I'm a big overthinker mm. I get massively overwhelmed um and also there's something you know so, something like I, I I love the community that I've created and I and I really care for them so like obviously I've got my family who I adore and love and would like do anything for 
but also this amazing community of women who I want to support um, because actually they do support me. So it's, it, I, I was saying to someone this morning, it's that really lovely thing that sort of the, uh, you know, owning a menopause isn't me. It's like, it's all of us together. Um, and that's really yeah. special and really unique. And as much as I'm championing them, they're championing me. Um, and that, that yeah. I think for me is, is something that I'm really proud to have created. And I'm really uh, grateful to be a part of wonderful yeah absolutely Kate it's so special just to yeah just to reassure each other that you know what you're not the only one having a bad day you're not the only one um you know struggling with your symptoms etc and you've got safe place to to share and speak about that yeah for sure no, completely completely yeah so did you um did you experience any other sort of um challenges within your personal relationships, like with your husband or with your Well, I mean, I shouted a lot at everybody. Everybody thought I was mad and they all were like, Oh my god, here she goes again. She's irrational and she's shouting for no reason. Um, but I think once I realized it was menopause and I explained it to them, and that again is another really important thing to do is to let them in and say, Look, you know equally on that same side as my daughter you know when she's got her periods it's like oh everybody take cover um you know it was the same thing so um it's just that menopause has always been something that's been seen to be such as a taboo whereas we talk about menstrual cycles and periods you know with no with no worry so as long I think once yeah. I'd said to them you know the reason I've been feeling down, the reason I've had my joint aches and pains is because this is what's happening. I'm at the other end of the spectrum. Um, and now they get it. So, um, my, you know, my husband now literally is everybody wants, to, every woman wants to sit next to him at a dinner party um, because actually he can empathize, not empathize rather, but he can, he understands and he gets it. Um, you know, so they always like to sort of uh, chat if they want to chat menopause, you know, they can. And he doesn't, uh, you know, he, he probably knows more about it than they do. Um, so I think, um, I, I think for me, yeah, we've definitely had our ups and our downs again that, you know, I went through menopause and lockdown. So you're living in this very sort of space, small space, you're on top of each other, your hormones are crashing. So yeah, it, it's been a really difficult, difficult time. And what I would say to anyone that might be experiencing that time is just don't make any rash decisions, you know? if it is your hormones get it sorted talk to your partner talk to your kids ask them to support you and see how you go over yeah. six months over to the year because you know it is it is really difficult when you've got teens now that go to bed later than you um you know so they come in and say good night to us at like 10 30 and we've been in bed for an hour um you know there's no there's very there's a mass lack of privacy um you know as you have begin to have teenagers in the house as well and then they bowl over with all their friends so it's it's your relationship is very very strained because actually you don't have that much time for each other so you know I would say try and make time for each other again that's something I'm terrible at doing um but we are going away next yeah. week and actually we have got someone who's going to be able to help us and I've said to my husband we can go out for dinner on our own on holiday it's like wow you know so even little things like that um I, <laughs> I know and it, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Because I think people just think, it, and I would just say, don't float, don't float along in that kind of pattern, you know, address situations when they come up as well. Um, and I always say to Jerry, this is a, a snippet of our time. 
And in five, six years time, you know, the kids won't be here as much. No one will be around and we can kind of start again. It's like, you know, it's like a new beginning. So, um, you know, yeah. I, think, I think that's the thing is put the positive, put the positive Try and bring the positives in it that, that it's, you know, it's always a good time to assess a relationship. It's always a good time to share and talk and um, let people know what's going on. Um, and it can be really, really valuable, I think, in in saving a lot of marriages and for a lot of women who feel very alone um, in their marriages, which I know many, many people can. And, and I was one of those people for a long time. I felt very invisible. But as soon as you open up and talk about mm. it, and they're not dismissive, hopefully, uh, you can begin to just go on an, an uphill trajectory absolutely i couldn't agree more kids communication is key as we always say isn't it yeah it really goes along so is there any other advice kate that you would like to share with the listeners on anyone who's about to go through perimenopause and the menopause or are currently going through it um i would say obviously lift weights that's what I'll always say. Try and find a program where you can live weight. Um, but just to know that you can own it and it can get better and you can thrive uh, if you make the lifestyle tweaks that you need to. It's never going to be an even keel. Okay, It's going to be up. It's going to be down. Um, but just to know that if you can build that toolkit, if you can find what it is that predominantly works for you and when you just falter off or it doesn't feel right, you can pull it back and you can begin to manage it again. So I think finding out, finding what works for you is really important and to talk and to share and to find your community and to find your tribe of women who are there to hold you up. Absolutely. Amazing, Kate. Well, it's been lovely to speak to you today. No, thank and you so much for yeah, I'm me. Sure, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll speak again soon. <laughs> Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Menopause Unplugged. I hope you find the conversation to be informative, enlightening and empowering. Remember, menopause is a natural part of a woman's life journey, but it doesn't have to be a lonely one. Whether you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause, my menopause coaching program can provide reassurance and guidance. Please do reach out to me through my contact details on the show description. And until next time, Take care.